Hey there, we're uh, browsing TikToks and um, playing in the garden. My garden. Here is some GOP news that will cheer you up. Billionaire Republican mega donor Peter Dial has announced that he is not going to be giving his money to any Republican presidential candidate in 2024. And two of his mega billionaire donor friends, Thomas Peter and Ken Griffin, are also threatening to pull their massive donations to the GOP if they keep up with this culture war bullshit. Looks like the rats are starting to jump ship. Here is some yeah, that is good news. Billionaire Republican mega donor Peter Dial has announced that he is not going to be giving any money to the Republican. Stop, Gen Xer. Collaboration. Collab in a, another collaboration with Lexnor Beats. Snor Beats, uh, Neo Soul. I guess it's Neo Soul. Lex Snor Beats and uh, lyrics. Uh, D dot mm, herb. Herb works. <laughs> New musicians, singers, I think it's hip-hop too, hip-hop. So is it emo? <laughs> Okay, whatever. Um, 
Here is my favorite thing ever in the history of forever. I think about this every day. I think about this all night long. I stay awake, not sleeping, because I'm thinking about this. Right here is my favorite thing ever. In the history of it's forever, like a pie. So it's two years since I posted this video in my life. Too. This testicle tingling beat is coming from. Come for your neighbors that didn't invite you to their authors. Yeah. Imagine if 30 million people went to the bank on Monday and said, I want to withdraw all my money. They can't even give it to all 30 million because only 50% yeah. of the cash is available on hand at any given time. The rest is fake zeros and ones. That would collapse the banking system in one day. You see the power in that? You have the power. We all have the power. What's keeping us back from doing this? Fear. Oh my God, if I don't go to work, I'm going to get fired. And if they don't participate in it, and I'm the only one that doesn't show up for work, we're all gonna, I'm going to lose out and I'm gonna, you're not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to pay my, make my car payment and so forth and so on. You see, the, you see the trap they have us in? They have us in this system where we're afraid to work together. We're brothers. We should be, you know, link up. Let's do this together. We need to come together and do one Epigenetic thing. Epigenetic tips. Yeah. Exactly. Stop skating. Good old Billy Carson. Uh-oh, criminal charges against Clarence Thomas. Must be on the table. All right. Properly disclose his luxury yeah. gifts from Excellent. Yay. Just published He says it was because the rule was ambiguous. Well, what about his taxes? That's certainly not ambiguous. You have to report taxes over a relatively small threshold and it certainly appears that these luxury trips never mind the tuition that was paid to justice clarence thomas's adopted son would exceed that threshold my name is dina Saidal, reporting from midas touch let's break nice. this down one problem with trying to figure out whether or not justice clarence thomas committed tax fraud is that we don't have his taxes <laughs> yet again we are seeing the limitations of law in holding higher elected people like the president and now our Supreme Court justices accountable in terms of finances. You know, cabinet, cabinet level nominees and sub cabinet level nominees are required to disclose their taxes. But somehow, a Supreme Court justice 
with a lifetime appointment is not required to disclose their taxes. How are we really supposed to know whether or not they are receiving money in a way that is going to corrupt them unless we see their taxes? Have we seen with this voluntary federal disclosure form how inadequate it is? And not only that, but the Supreme Court isn't even willing to have an ethical code applied to them like other federal and state judges. Yeah. So how about having Congress require Supreme Court justice to disclose their taxes? A violation of privacy, you may say? Well, if you care so much about privacy, don't become a Supreme Court justice. There's many legal jobs out there <laughs> be paid much more. But if you want the kind of power and you want the kind of influence that being a Supreme Court justice allows, then you are going to have to give up some privacy in order for the public to be assured that that power and that influence can't be bought. But just because you as the public doesn't mean a DEA can't open an investigation and request them. And at this point, I think they should. There's a huge amount of reporting about luxury gifts he's received and school tuition he's received and yet hasn't properly disclosed them on financial form. Now, if it were you or me, I would imagine a DA would want to ensure that he's properly paid any taxes due for those gifts. And in fact, this is exactly what happened to the CFO of the Trump Organization, Alan Weisenberg. He was convicted of tax fraud. And you know he got gifts such as you know, payment for his apartment and tuition for his grandchildren. He pled guilty to that, was sentenced to five months in order to pay $2 million in that owed taxes. So if you're going to treat Justice Clarence Thomas as anyone else, with all the reporting out there about him not disclosing gifts that he's received, you should ensure that he's at least paid taxes on it because he shouldn't be above the law. So let's have a prosecutor look into whether or not Justice Clarence Thomas properly paid his taxes just like anybody else. And it's amazing to me the ethical standards and how they're lacking the Supreme Court. I mean, not only do they not have to have the same as the federal and state judges, but they're not even close to what Congress people have to follow. It is shocking to me that Marjorie Taylor Greene has more ethical standards she has to follow than a Supreme Court justice. And Congress, if they receive a gift more than $50, $50. They have to request approval from an ethics committee. So before going on one of those trips, they would have to ask for permission. And here we have a Supreme Court justice who not only has any code he has to follow, but no committee to answer to. You know, Chief Justice Roberts, how about forming a committee and have you follow the same standards as a congressperson who has so much less power than you do. I think the more power you have, the more standards you should actually follow, but in some weird way, it's the opposite here. Let me give you an example of how strict actually the rules, the ethical rules are for Congress people. AOC went to the Met Gala, and she was 
loaned or borrowed a dress and handbag and shoes, and she didn't pay a rental fee for those things until the health committee asked her to. And she apologized and paid the fee. So, you know, that was considered a big deal for the health committee. And here we have, let's put this in comparison, a Supreme Court justice going on private jets, going on yachts, having school tuition paid for. None of this is reimbursed by the Supreme Court Justice Thomas, right? We don't even know if he paid taxes on any of this. And of not. yet somehow, he may not have broken an ethical rule because they just don't exist. And they're not enough for Supreme Court justices. In my view, the more power you have, the more standards you should follow, and the more stringent you should adhere no oversight. to these But instead, we have it where it's a congressperson, a representative, not even a senator, a representative, you know, gets in trouble for wearing a dress for a few hours, and a Supreme Court justice may have been able to accept hundreds of thousands of dollars. Millions! And not Millions! It, and not get in trouble. There is something wrong with the system when we give a Supreme Court justice so much power and so little accountability. Hey Midas Mighty, love yeah. this report. Continue well the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. <laughs> strange and odd thing because that is how you in the past all of the hate and authoritarians have been defeated with truth and love and rallying people around a common cause for pro-democracy and look there's a lot to be happy about this week as well we're going to talk a little bit about tucker carlson being fired we're going to talk about some major developments with special counsel jack Smith, ongoing criminal investigation of donald trump former vice president pence testified before the grand jury in washington dc and of course we got to talk about how president biden um, announced his re-election and he's talking about freedom 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 we'll talk about all of that when we come back from this quick I don't like to waste anything, but I never used to compost. I assumed it was too complicated, too time-consuming, and I honestly wouldn't have known where to start. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food waste into dirt with the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage to send to a landfill. And here's what I really love. Lomi helps feed my plants. I add the scraps of dirt from my loamy to the soil and my plants get rich nutrients. Less waste all around and my plants are happy. Since I got my loamy, I fill out way less garbage which means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. It honestly feels great to be eliminating waste, producing nutrient-rich fertilizer, and helping to reduce the world's carbon footprint all right from my own system. So if you want to start making a positive environmental impact, or just want to make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash lights and use the promo code lights to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off your Lomi. Head to L-O-M-I dot com 
slash lights and use the promo code lights at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. Welcome back. Jessica. <laughs> Bring those things on me. I didn't even know that was coming. I gotta I gotta look at our private chat. We've got to do the ad breaks occasionally, so uh, Jessica, if you can, tell us about um, what, what's going on with Special Counsel Jackson. It's a very big week, every week's a big week, but a particularly big week this week. Yeah, Mike Pence, for all his huffing and puffing about Biden's uh, politicized DOJ subpoena, which of course it never was, he rushed himself right in there to sit with Jack Smith for... I think a reported five to seven hours yesterday after Trump lost his final bid to block this um, in the appeals court, shutting down that executive privilege claim once again. And there we go. We have Mike Pence behind closed doors, probably giving a much more, uh, much stronger renunciation of Trump than he ever will give in public because he's in this, you know, morally equivocated position where he is trying to, you know, be Trump's best defender for four years and yet say, I did the right thing, I did my minimum constitutional duty on January 6th. Um, but this is this is huge. I mean, when in history, and I think <laughs> this is a rhetorical question, when in history has a former vice president testified criminal in a criminal probe of the president he served under? Of course, never. This is, this is extremely, extremely significant. I think it signals um, a much, you know, extremely significant progress in, in Smith's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the election, his efforts to pressure Pence to not certify the election on January 6th. Uh, we know that the names that Trump called Pence when he was suggesting that he probably wouldn't have um, the push or whatever to um, do what Trump was demanding him to do, and I think one of the one of the most revealing things. I think there's going to be a lot that came out yesterday that goes to mens rea, that goes to Trump's criminal intent, his knowledge that what he was asking Pence to do was in fact dishonest, that it wasn't because he had won, but in fact because he lost. Um, you know that, that section, I don't know how much you followed Pence's book, I of course didn't read it, but I've seen reporting on it, that um, he said that Trump told him he was too honest, he was too honest. So for him to really flesh out those conversations with Jack Smith before the grand jury is, is very, very significant because, like I said, it goes to Trump's intent, and that's a major component of proving any criminal case against Trump, which I think has always been extremely obvious, but it's obviously yeah, very significant to get it from a witness uh, like Mike Should I do my Mike Pence impression? Do it. Jack, I just want you to know, first, I am a Christian. Second, I am a conservative. And, and third, I am a Republican in that order. So if Donald Trump did indeed want to kill me, okay, if he wanted to do that, I'd have to ask myself, I'd have to consult my faith, I'd have to consult my family, and I would say, is he doing it because he is a Christian, conservative, or a Republican? 
<laughs> one of those things occurs, I'll have to say, you may hang me, Donald Trump. You may, you may, you may do that. I mean, you know, what a total and utter complete coward, you know, but I'm glad that he justified. I mean, he argued the speech and debate clause for which he should be treated the same as the United States Senator. Are we going to get to see those Senate. transcripts? I think Judge Jeb Boasberg, who is the presiding judge over the various uh, grand jury proceedings now in D.C., was like, all right, sure, like sharpest. We'll say that you were the president of the Senate for the period of time where you were counting the electoral votes, but everything else you have to testify to. So basically, he had to testify on everything. And Donald Trump continues to assert executive privilege. He's lost that now. Donald Trump's lost the executive privilege argument like more than so many times. So after you lose it the first time in the Court of Appeals, it means you're going to lose it the second time. Yes. And it definitely means you're going to lose it the third time. And <laughs> by the fourth time, you know, it's just beyond frivolous. And uh, Donald Trump continues to lose that argument. But he tried to, again, delay it. But look, the Court of Appeals knew what he was doing and very quickly ruled against him. And then just think about the timing of this, right? Was it on Wednesday we got the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruling rejecting Donald Trump's appeal to try to block Pence's testimony? And then, like, literally less than 12 hours later, boom. That's how, that's how quick they got him in there to testify. 12 hours. You may have had him fly in from another state, too, but, you know, they're not, they're not playing around there. And uh, great work by Special Counsel Jack. What else we got, Jack? I got a question for you, Ben. And this is a question that I get, but I'm also, I, I want to know this, and I think the public, this question never gets answered. So we have all of these pending criminal indictments coming against Trump. We know that he was not actually arrested, or he was not actually taken into custody. He's not being held for the crimes in Manhattan that he's facing trial for. What, if any, crimes coming out of either Fulton County, Pawnee Willis, the RICO indictment, potential RICO indictment, or obstruction of a, of a, of a congressional proceeding, um, obstruction of justice in the Mar-a-Lago documents, um, any of these January 6th or Mar-a-Lago related potential charges, what, if any, when they are, are brought, could actually force Trump to be brought and into custody and held? Um, brought into yeah, custody. when the fuck are those charges? These, a lot of these federal charges, specifically, he could be brought temporarily into custody. I mean, potentially, you know, when the Manhattan District Attorney, um, when the when the grand jury voted to criminally indict, I mean, technically, they could have, they technically arrested him, right? So that was a temporary period where he was in custody. He wasn't thrown in a jail cell. But frankly, I doubt that any of the crimes, um, there will be an obligation that, like, be held without bail. Um, now, the Manhattan District Attorney's charges, the very nature of the class of those felonies was such that anybody who would be charged with that would not be um, held in general. It's a no-bail crime. So he wasn't being treated differently than anybody else with the sure. same felony class. Now, if you're being charged with espionage or obstruction of justice by the feds, or if you're being charged with a RICO or racketeering, like I think is what the Fulton County charge is ultimately going to be, 
those would be things that you'd have to post bail for. And ultimately, I think for all of them, Donald Trump would negotiate, you know, what that number would be. And I think ultimately he would he would have to post to not an insignificant number. But um, there's no charge that would be a would, would not be would supersede bail that would require him to be held without bail. I, I mean, I, I, I'll put an asterisk on it in the sense that I am not um, an, an expert on Fulton County. The criminal procedure and and, Come on, and, Bonnie, well, <laughs> and nuance. Like I'm not like deeply, you know, in terms of like what their what their bail requirements are. But I could say, as a general matter, I believe that both for um, Jack Smith and for Fulton County, what Trump would argue and the judges would accept is that, given that he's a high-profile person, given the security that exists at Mar-a-Lago. Given that his movement is monitored, that um, you know that, that as long as he posts, there probably won't be any significant amount of bail that he'll be able to be you know released pending his trial. But the reality is, if you look at other January 6 insurrections, it's been on a case by case basis. There have been a number of insurrectionists who have been on house arrest. There's been a number of insurrectionists who have conditions placed on their travel. But I could envision something with the DOJ, there being restrictions on him traveling outside of Mar-a-Lago, restrictions traveling to foreign countries. Um, so I can imagine restrictions being opposed like that, but I don't believe any of the crimes that he'll be charged with would have him in jail while, you know, before he actually goes before a jury. Um, I think a lot of the... Lutzi keeps it up with the judges. I mean, it just feels so inequitable still because, you know, there's so many people in jails and prisons across our country for so so much less minor offenses than Trump has been accused of and maybe charged, uh, or Trump's being investigated for and maybe charged with. Um, yeah. Yeah, really, but think about it like this, though. <laughs> think about it like this, um, I, I'll say, I'll say this, like, the New York Attorney General case, that's a civil case, it's not a criminal case, has moved faster than any civil case I've ever seen in New York, and I think that most New York practitioners will tell you. The fact that, the fact that, uh, Letitia James filed that case in September of 2022, and you have an October of 2023 trial date, where Donald Trump's being sued for um, at least $250 million so is his adult children that could shut down the Trump organization from doing business. That case has moved faster than any civil case I've ever seen um, in, in New York. I think things are moving quickly now on the various, on the various other cases. Like you mentioned, Jessica, at the beginning of this, though, like the case that you brought was from 2017. Yeah. And we're in 2023. Like, yeah. that's, I'm sure you would have wanted to go to trial if you could have in 2018. And not have it last until this combination of in my case this combination of incessant delay tactics from the trump campaign including you know massive retaliatory actions you know illegal nba enforcement 1.5 million dollar arbitration demand illegal you know fifty thousand dollar judgment that i had to overturn I mean, massive massive gums in the works and it's trying to then use all sorts of delay tactics on top of a fairly well, um, anybody who's familiar with state court would agree with me. 
um, this court system, generally speaking. But uh, FYI, that, that 2017 case, we're filing a note of issue. We are wrapping up our final depositions, filing a note of issue on May 31st of this year, and then our case will get in line for trial in New York Supreme Court. No, it's, that, that, that's, that's great. And everyone needs to remember what's lining up right now. Like, let's yeah. Donald Trump was just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And Are the Manhattan still District afraid? Attorney is still investigating other felonies, the fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Attorney General's civil case, which is set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. So Trump's charged, you've got the New York AG trial, you've got the E.G. Carroll trial, you've got Fawny Willis in Fulton County who's going to indict him between July 11th and September 1st, and I believe very serious RICO and racketeering charges. Then you have special counsel Jack Smith, who I think is going to criminally indict during a very similar time frame there. And so that's just some of the cases that Donald Trump's going to um, you know, you know, have to have to deal with. By the way, I think around this time next week we may have a verdict in the yeah. E.G. Carroll trial. So we'll keep people like we'll be on verdict watch around yeah. that time as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, let's see, moving from legal to political, and we started off with just the resilience of E.G. Carroll at her age. We have just the most ugly, ugly, hateful, hateful suggestions coming out of the fascist GOP, those like Mike Pence who don't have the moral courage to really condemn Trump but think they can reinvent themselves without ever having taken a moral stand. Um, one of those prime examples is Nikki Haley. Uh, she came out this week and essentially very explicitly implied that Biden was going to die before the end of a possible second term. Can we play that clip, Sophie? This is so disgusting you know, that he's running again in 2024. And I think that we can all be very clear and, and say with a matter of fact that if you vote for Joe Biden, you really are counting on a President Harris because the idea that he would make it until 86 years old is not um, is not something that I think is likely. It's why I've continued to say we need to have mental competency tests up until the state, you know, starting at 75. Mm -hmm. ugh, ugh, there's just so much there. It just it, it, it's so insensing. First of all, she was conflating physical and mental competency. Mental competency that I would argue she has none of. Um, but, yeah. but you know, I mean, suggesting that this man who is in quite excellent physical shape for his age is just going to die before four years from now. I mean, I had a, my great grandfather. If we can, you know, just imagine the times that that was. Life expectancy is, was not what it is today was rollerblading when he was 95 years old. My other great-grandfather got married, remarried when he was 100. To suggest that somebody's life is going to end at that point is such a ignorant, hateful, ugly suggestion. I mean, Nikki Haley has come forth, you know, like this, you know, she's going to be the woman re representing the Republican Party. And as she's taking on this, what she wants to be a female platform, she's so forward with her ageist platform that um, that just really has no place. Just that, that's that's no, that's that, 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 that's that's great, and everyone needs to remember what's lining up right now. Like, let's yeah. imagine 
Donald Trump was just charged with 30 plus felonies. By the way, I think. No, that's that, 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 that's that's great, and uh, everyone needs to remember what's lining up right now. Like, let's yeah. imagine Donald Trump was just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan. Donald Trump was just charged ah, lining up right now. Like, let's yeah. imagine Donald Trump was felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney. Donald Trump was just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies, the fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Attorney General's civil case which is set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. So Trump's charged. You've got the New York AG trial. You've got the E. Jean Carroll trial. You've got Fawny Willis in Fulton County who's going to indict him between July 11th and September 1st on, I believe, very serious RICO and racketeering charges. Then you have Special Counsel Jack Smith, who I think is going to criminally indict during a very similar time frame there. And so that's just some of the cases that Donald Trump's going to, um, you know, you know, have to have to deal with. By the way, <laughs> I think around this time next week we may have a verdict in the yeah. E.G. Carroll trial. So we'll keep people like we'll be on verdict watch around yeah. that time. Donald Trump was just charged. Oh, the thirty plus felony. Right now, And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies, the fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Attorney General's civil case, which is set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. So Trump's charged. You've got the New York AG trial. You've got the E. Jean Carroll trial. You've got Fawny Willis in Fulton County who's going to indict him between July 11th and September 1st on, I believe, very serious RICO and racketeering charges. Then you have Special Counsel Jack Smith, who I think is going to criminally indict during a very similar time frame there. And so that's just some of the cases. This is that Donald Trump For insurrection. Um, you know, you know, have to have to deal with. By the way, I think around this time next week we may have a verdict in the yeah. E.G. Carroll trial. So we'll keep right. people like we'll be on verdict watch around yeah. that. Donald Trump was just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies. The, fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Attorney General's civil case, which is set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. So Trump is just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies, the fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Attorney General's civil case which is set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. So Trump's charged. You've got the New York AG trial. You've got the E. Jean Carroll trial. 
you got Fawny Willis in Fulton County who's going to indict him between July 11th and September 1st on, I believe, very serious RICO and racketeering charges. Then you have Special Counsel Jack Smith, who I think is going to criminally indict during a very similar time frame there. And so that's just some of the cases that Donald Trump's going to, um, you know, you know have, have to deal with. By the way, I think around this time next week, we may have a verdict in the yeah. E.G. Carroll trial. So we'll keep people like, we'll be on verdict watch around yeah. that time as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of, uh, let's see, moving from legal to political, and we started off with just the resilience of E. Jean Carroll at her age. We have just the most ugly, ugly, hateful, hateful suggestions coming out of the fascist GOP, those like Mike Pence who don't have the moral courage to really condemn Trump but think they can reinvent themselves without ever having taken a moral stand. Um, one of those prime examples is Nikki Haley. Uh, she came out this week and essentially very explicitly implied that Biden was going to die before the end of a possible second term. Can we play that clip, Sophie? This is so disgusting. You know, that he's running again in 2024, and I think that we can all be very clear and, and say with a matter of fact, that if you vote for Joe Biden, you really are counting on a President Harris because the idea that he would make it until 86 years old is not um, is not something that I think is likely. It's why I've continued to say we need to have mental competency tests up until the state, you know, starting at 75. Ugh. Ugh. There's just so much there. It just it, it, it's so incensing. First of all, she was conflating physical and mental competency, mental competency that I would argue she has none of. Um, but but it, it, it's so inflating when he was nine, you know. You vote for Joe Biden, you really are counting on a President Harris because the uh, 24, and I think that we can all be very quick to die before implied that Biden was going to die presidential candidates Ugh. Ugh. there's just so much there it just it, it, it's so incensing first of all she was conflating physical and mental competency mental competency that i would argue she has none of um but but you know i mean suggesting that this man who is in quite excellent physical shape for his age is just going to die before four years from now, I mean, I had a, my great grand implied that Biden was going to die before the end of a possible second term. Can we play that clip, Sophie? This is so disgusting. You know, that he's running again in 2024, and I think that we can all be very clear and, and say, with a matter of fact, 
Nikki Haley calls for mental competency test for a presidential candidate. You know, I mean, suggesting start with Trump. Excellent physical shape for his age is just going to die before four years from now. I mean, I had a, my great grandfather. We can, you know, just imagine the times that that was. Life expectancy is, was not what it is today. It was rollerblading when he was 95 years old. My great-grandfather got married, remarried when he was 100. To suggest that somebody's life is going to end at that point is such a ignorant, hateful, ugly suggestion. I mean, Nikki Haley has come forth, you know, like this, you know, she's going to be the woman representing the Republican Party. And as she's taking on this, what she wants to be a female platform, she's so forward with her ugly, ageist platform that, um, it just really has no place. I hope that we have, that I wish that more people in the media confronted this ageism with the same kind of um, pushback and moral authority that we would confront any of the isms, racism, sexism, anything. It's, it's so, so gross. They're not, they're not talking about any issues. They're, no. they're not talking about anything that they are going to do, you know. They either have these, like, very personalized, hate-filled, discriminatory brands. Mm -hmm. I won't even get into what happened in some of those committee hearings. You could watch the hot takes you know, that I did on that. You know, or you have them talking about bathrooms and you know, and pronouns and Mr. Potato Heads and the green M&Ms and Dr. Seuss and you know. Nikki Haley proposed mental competency tests for presidential candidates. Let's start with Trump. Milio, Trista for Prez, Party, Trump for prison, for prison. And, and all of these things, and it's like really weird and disgusting that these MAGA Republicans like just wake up in the morning and all they want to do is talk about genders. Like that's that's all that's on their mind, you know, is, is, is who's using a bathroom. It's like, okay, can we talk about jobs? Can we talk about working conditions? Like, can we talk about equality? Can we talk about healthcare? Can we, like, let's shift. Yeah. Let's focus on real issues, please. Yeah. And the truth, the truth, yeah, I was just going to say the truth of the matter is that Biden's in, first of all, he's in excellent shape for his age. 
The guy bikes all the time. He's a, he's a, a svelte, you know, in excellent physical shape. Look at Donald Trump, for God's sake. I mean, just just as a point of comparison for the the, the self care and fitness that someone can have at a certain age versus you know the condition of Donald Trump. Um, but on but the only thing that is that Biden's age really speaks to is his. That is it, the only way it has affected his presidency at all is in a positive way. From his years and years of experience, years in the Senate, years as a legislature, being able to to work with people to get things like the bipartisan uh, infrastructure act passed, like the PACT Act, the CHIPS Act, all of these things that Republicans oppose that are hurting our veterans, like the the spontaneity. You remember Ben? You were hosting live coverage of it, the State of the Union address when Biden is so spontaneous, so impromptu, basically held the Republican feet to the fire in real time, making them commit to not yeah, putting Social Security cool. on the chopping block in these different negotiations. I mean, the guy's on top of things. There's, there's no, there is no realistic um, or credible challenge to his mental competency based on his age, and it's really gross that they would go after him in that way. You know, sometimes I think, when I think holistically about the Midas Touch Network, and I think about what one of the main things that large media networks, in terms of their both sides in the issues, you know, they want to force these debates. And they want to force these debates on the terms of the MAGA Republicans, and basically shift the Overton window of acceptable discourse to basically normalize these conspiracy-fueled, hate-fueled positions of them, right? And so what they'll do is they'll put on one side of the screen a MAGA Republican just saying something outrageously false and a crazy conspiracy theory. And then on the other side, they'll put someone who's representing the Democratic side. But frankly, it's not even like a political position, like just someone representing kind of normalcy, right? And then they'll have them debate. And then the person on the MAGA Republican side <sighs> will basically be like, well, I have the freedom of speech to have this debate. So do not shut down this debate. Do you think that I don't even have the right to have this debate? We should have a free and open discussion on what's taking place. And meanwhile, they're saying the most outrageously false things, but they say it with a way that's like everybody Bombastic. knows that the NRA is the reason why the Civil Rights Act passed. Everybody knows no one has done more for black people in America than the NRA and the Second Amendment defense. Everybody knows that. And I don't know if you saw this interview. Trump has done so much for black people. Well, I saw it. I saw it. And then Don Lemon goes, that's not, that's not true at all. That's factually accurate, no. And Viva Gramoswabwe is like, it is factually accurate, and we should have a debate on it. And then Don Lemon's like, there's no reason to have a debate. The problem is, when you do that split-screen thing, and then you have the debate, you've now elevated that position, and in the two minutes that you get to have that debate, the audience is left with the impression that maybe the person who screamed louder and said, everybody knows this, has a point. And maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle, when it's absolutely not. And it is a, and, and, and to your point, and to the point we're talking about before, it's like, what is an idea? Uh, other than 
the MAGA Republicans, I know what they want to do when it comes to the debt ceiling, right? I know that they're saying destroy the American economy unless you agree to the following things. Cut 30 million VA visits for veterans. Cut, I think it's 22% of the VA budget. Eliminate funding for housing choice vouchers for 50,000 veterans. 300,000 kids, I think it is, out of child care and head start. and pick 400,000 families from their homes. Kick a million seniors off meals on wheels. Kick a million mothers and children off nutritional assistance programs. Eliminate Pell Grants. Close 125 air traffic control towers. Scale back rail safety. Wow, what a send summary. Back jobs overseas. Deny 750,000 workers job training and employment services. Defund the IRS. <laughs> and they go, We're, if you don't agree to all of these things, guess what? You're happens? a communist. Say goodbye, economy. It's like, what? What do you even? What are you even talking? How are we supposed to even have a discussion if that is, you know, if that is your view? So all no, it, it goes is, back to the, the performative. When you're talking about air traffic controllers, you know, there's something that I always think of, and I it's like always in the back of my mind. When whenever we're having budget or debt limit discussions, remember in 2018 when the Democrats took back the House when Trump was president, and he went on this ego huffing and puffing, you know, ego trip with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> And, deci- and it decided to shut down the government. You remember that, right, Ben? Uh-huh. Do you remember? Do you remember during, time? I believe it was either during that time period or shortly thereafter, a plane went down. It was the second crash of a 737 MAX. Remember? That was the result of the FAA halting updates to the 737 MAX that were supposed to be happening but did not happen because Donald Trump was on an ego trip to, you know, show that he was going to out-tough or out-smart or whatever this strong woman, once again, that was, that was, he was being confronted with. He accomplished absolutely nothing. Over 100 innocent civilians died in that crash. And these are, I mean, there's so many tragic and heinous consequences of these that this political gamesmanship that they put on, that Kevin McCarthy is putting on right now. And this is not Precious how cosplay. negotiations. This is not how it, we, we negotiate the budget. You don't slap a bunch of veterans' benefits to raise the debt limit. You, you issue a clean bill to raise the debt limit. Republicans and Democrats do it all the time. And then you negotiate the budget separately. And then we can, you know, get to their hated cuts for the people in our country that need it most and deserve it most are better. For God's sake, I mean, I just wish if you have family out there that that supports the GOP, that that watches Fox News, that is, you know, leans Republican, and they're in the military, that they're veterans, please educate them about what this party is trying to do to them. This this is what bothers me more than anything is the people who have put their lives lives on the line for this country, believing that for one second the GOP has their best interest in heart because their actions prove the exact opposite. Ninety-seven percent of all debt in United States history was accrued before President Biden ever took office. Okay, twenty-five percent of all of that debt was caused by Donald Trump and Republican policies. This isn't hyperbole, that's just what the facts are. 
That is what the data is. Yep. And look, if Do we want remember to have a debate, an intelligible discussion on spending. There is an appropriate time to do that during the appropriations process that happens every single year and through the appropriate House committees, which has the power of the purse, and through negotiations in general. There could be these discussions, and there could be open debate, and there should be real discussion. I know the MAGA Republicans want to hold their conspiracy hearings where they where they have their conspiracy things, where they have, like, Twitter executives show up and they act like Twitter controls the world under Biden's involvement or explore Hunter Biden's laptop stuff. But no, look, the way hearings should work is you could have a committee hearing and then we could have discussions. And the Democrats can say things like AOC said, like, look, why is it that the Republicans are protecting billionaires and decamillionaires in ways that are just completely insane. Like, why is it that a billionaire and a decamillionaire pays less money in taxes than a teacher or a firefighter or a police officer or, or, or just any other uh, Why are they paying less actual dollars in taxes? That doesn't make the... And then in addition to that, why would you give full tax write-offs for billionaires to buy private jets. And then you're wondering why there's a deficit? Maybe because the billionaires are putting all their money into things like private jets and yachts, which you're giving full tax write-offs to, versus having them pay taxes like every other American has to like every other American has to do. But but we can have that debate. And then the MAGA Republicans can go up there and say, you know who really needs to not have services? Veterans. We should cut $30 million in VA visits for veterans and let's kick off 1 million seniors off wheels on, on meals on wheels and let's, and let's not fund air traffic control and let's not fund rail safety. Like they could put, okay, so that's their view. Here's our view. <laughs> yeah, let's hear about um, it. And have a discussion. But that takes place during an appropriations process. It's never before taken place the way they're doing it right now, which is if you don't agree to our hostage demands, we won't do something that everyone's done before, which is raise the debt ceiling. So they are going to create this cataclysmic crisis. But I do want to talk finally so about Senator Carlson before we forget and and, and he's the, the one responsible. He's the one. He's the one that lets them get heads for years. Let them and people like him, not only Tucker. Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, they perpetuate this up is down narrative that the Democrats are the liberal elites, the Hollywood coastal elites, okay? And they are just out there for the working, struggling American and middle America. And, and what are they really doing? Like you just said, they're protecting the people with private jets and, and private yachts and making it so they're not going to suffer, but our veterans are going to suffer. People, seniors who need meals are going to suffer. And they are out there, they're up and down propaganda, telling you that the elite, the Democrat elites, are against you. They're the elites. Tucker Carlson, uh, heir of like a frozen food company, he, he would be the one to rant to America about the elites that are after them. Well, he's gone. Thank you very much. And the amount of poison that he spewed from his platform, I mean, really, removing him from that platform 
is 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 a really good thing. Like it, you know, and I know people are like, oh well, you know, Fox News ratings are down right now, whatever. It's an un you, your business model if it's if it's traitorous. Like where, where's Tucker gonna go next? I mean, think about it because really the only place that Tucker can Russia do today. that in that could withstand that level of liability for <laughs> his lies is a place like Fox. The only person who could write a check, like, well, you know, was willing to write that check for $787.5 million is somebody like a Rupert Murdoch. But I know people are saying, well, maybe he'll go to Newsmax or he'll go to that. Okay, well, they're just going to be inviting a, a, a lawsuit that's going to happen when he starts spewing these defamatory, you know, these defamatory statements. But even having him gone, I mean, just think about it. If you remove Laura Ingraham and Sean Hannity and Tucker... And that other, I forget that other weaselly guy that they have on Fox, who's <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Waters. Waters, you know, you know, and these just performative fascist clowns, and you remove them, and you put, you know, by the way, you could put people... ...tactics from the Trump campaign, including, you know, massive retaliatory actions, you know, illegal NDA enforcement... $1.5 million arbitration demand, illegal, you know, $50,000 judgment that I had to overturn. I mean, massive, massive gums in the works and trying to move venues, all sorts of delay tactics on top. Oh, they, this was posted nine days ago. Um, I think anybody who's familiar with state court in New York would agree with me, um, just court system, generally speaking. But uh, FYI, that is that 2017 case, we're filing a note of issue. We are wrapping up our final depositions, filing a note of issue on May 31st of this year, and then our case will get in line for trial in New York Supreme Court. And I think <laughs> this is a rhetorical question. When in history has a former vice president testified criminal, in a criminal probe of the president he served under? Of course, never. This is this is. Strong Donald Trump is. You take that cross exam, you know, as, as a trial lawyer, you know, and and she hasn't said a word. I doubt she'll say a word. I don't think she knows how to do a cross exam. I don't think that she knows how to do a direct exam. I don't think she knows the rules of evidence. I don't. She doesn't know what she's doing. There's a reason why she keeps getting sanctioned over and over again in the various cases. That's one point I want to reference. Two, so where does the E.G. Carroll trial go next? What, what, what happens now? Um, so her testimony will conclude. And after her testimony concludes, then you're going to have other victims of Donald Trump testify about their experiences. Uh, they're going to play the Access Hollywood tape for the jury. Then you're going to have other victims. What, 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 well, why, what, what, what happens now? Um, so... Her testimony will conclude, and I'll go next. So, what, 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 so where does the E.G. Carroll trial go next? So what, what, what happens now? Um, so her testimony will conclude, and after her testimony concludes, then you're going to have other victims of Donald Trump testify about their experiences. Uh, they're going to play the Access Hollywood tape for the jury to hear, where Donald Trump brags about his vile and disgusting, unlawful conduct. The jury will get to hear that. The jury will hear contemporaneous witnesses 
who E. Jean Carroll told what happened at the time. And Takapin is going to, what, try to cross-examine them. Um, and then they're going to play the deposition testimony of Donald Trump that was taken. Um, e. Jean Carroll's lawyers, Roberta Kaplan, they are not going to call Donald Trump as a witness. And you may say, well, why? So where does the E. Jean Carroll trial go next? What, what, what happens now? Um, so her testimony will conclude. And after her testimony concludes, then you're going to have other victims of Donald Trump testify about their experiences. It's a case for the jury to hear where Donald Trump brags about his vile and disgusting unlawful conduct. The jury will get to hear that. He rushed himself right in there to sit with Jack Smith for, I think, a reported five to seven hours Trump's yesterday time is up. His after case is Trump lost up. his final bid to block this um, in the appeals court, shutting down that executive privilege claim once again. And there we go. We have Mike Pence behind closed doors, probably giving a much more, uh, much stronger renunciation of Trump than he ever will give in public because he's in this you know, morally equivocating position where he Coward. is trying to, you know, be Trump's best defender for four years and yet say, I did the right thing. I did my minimum constitutional duty on January 6th. Um, but this is, this is huge. I mean, when in history, and I think <laughs> this is a rhetorical question, when in history has a former vice president testified criminal, in a criminal probe of the president he served under? Of course, never. This is, this is extremely, extremely significant. I think it signals um, a much, you know, extremely significant progress in, in Smith's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the election, his efforts to pressure Pence to not certify the election on January 6th. Uh, we know that names that Trump called Pence when... <laughs> He was suggesting that he probably wouldn't have like pussy? Um, the pussy or whatever to Which he is a um, pussy. do what Trump was demanding him to do. And I think one of the one of the most revealing things, I think there's going to be a lot that came out yesterday that goes to mens rea, that goes to Trump's criminal intent, his knowledge that what he was asking Pence to do was in fact dishonest, that it wasn't because he had won, but in fact because he lost. Um, you know that that section. I don't know <laughs> how much you followed Pence's book. I of course didn't read it, but I've seen reporting on it. That oh, you um, could have checked it out in a bookstore for that free. Trump told him he was too honest. He was too honest. So for him to really flesh out those conversations with Jack Smith before the grand jury, jury is is very very significant because, like I said, it goes to Trump's intent, and that's a major component of proving any criminal case against Trump, which I think has always been extremely obvious, but it's obviously very significant to get it from a witness like Mike Pence. Should I do my Mike Pence impression? Do it. <laughs> All right, he goes, you know, it's a, a already, Jack, I just want you to know, first, I am a Christian, and second, I am a conservative, and, and third, I am a Republican in that order. So if Donald Trump did indeed want to kill me, Rico racketeering, to do that, influence, corrupt organization, I'd have to consult my family, and I would say, is he doing it? 
because he is a Christian, conservative, or a Republican. If one of those things occurs, I'll have to say, you may hang me, Donald Trump. You may, you may, you may do that. I mean, you know, what? It was a total and utter complete coward, you know, but I'm glad that he testified. I mean, he argued the speech and debate clause privilege that he should be treated the same as a United States senator because he was the president of the Senate. And I think Judge Jeb Boasberg, who was the presiding judge over the uh, various grand jury proceedings now in D.C., was like, all right, sure, like <laughs> sure, Pence. We'll say that you were the president of the Senate for the period of time where you were counting the electoral votes, but everything else you have to testify to. So basically, you had to testify on everything. Nah. Donald Trump continues to assert executive privilege. He's lost that now. Donald Trump's lost the executive privilege argument like more than so many times. So after you lose it the first time in the Court of Appeals, it means you're going to lose it the second time. Yeah. And it definitely means you're going to lose it the third time. And by the fourth time, you know, it's just beyond frivolous. And uh, Donald Trump continues to lose that argument. But he tried to, again, delay it. But look, the Court of Appeals knew what he was doing. Very quickly ruled against him. And then just think about the timing of this, right? Was it on Wednesday we got the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruling rejecting Donald Trump's appeal to try to block Pence's testimony? And then, like, literally less than 12 hours later, boom. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how, that's how quick they got him in there to testify. Yeah. 12 hours. He may have had to fly in from another state, too, but, you know, they're not, they're not playing around there. And um, great work by Special Counsel Jack. What else we got there? I got a question for you, Ben. And this is a question that I get, but I'm also, I, I want to know this. And I think the public, this question never gets answered. So we have all of these pending criminal indictments coming against Trump. We know that he was not actually arrested, or he was not actually taken into custody. He's not being held for the crimes and uh, yeah. that he's facing trial for. Don't be such what a downer. What any crimes coming out of either Fulton County, Fonnie Willis, the RICO indictment, mm. Here it is. So Could actually 
when they are, are brought, could actually force what, if any, when they are, are brought, could actually force Trump to be brought and into custody and held. Um, brought into custody, I think these a lot of these federal charges, specifically, he could be brought temporarily into custody. I mean, potentially, you know, when the Manhattan District Attorney, um, when the when the grand jury voted to criminally indict, I mean, technically, they could have, I mean, they technically arrested him, right? So that was a temporary period where he was in custody. He wasn't thrown in a jail cell. But frankly, I doubt that any of the crimes, um, there will be an obligation that, like, he's held without bail. Um, now, the Manhattan District Attorney's charges, the very nature of the class of those felonies was one of these federal charges, specifically, he could be brought temporarily into custody. Brought temporarily into custody. He could be brought temporarily into custody. I mean, potentially, you know, when the Manhattan District Attorney, um, when the when the grand jury voted to criminally indict, I mean, technically, they could have, I mean, they technically arrested him, right? So that was a temporary period where he was in custody. He wasn't thrown in a jail cell. But frankly, I doubt that any of the crimes, um, there will be an obligation that, like, he's held without bail. Um, now, the Manhattan District Attorney's charges... How about fucking treason and terrorism, fuckers? ...was such that anybody who would be charged with that would not be um, held in, in general. It's, it's a no-bail so he wasn't being treated differently than anybody else with the sure. same felony class. Now, if you're being charged with espionage or obstruction of justice by the feds, or he could be brought temporarily into custody. I mean, potentially, you know, when the Manhattan District Attorney, um, when the when the grand jury voted to criminally indict, I mean, technically they could have I mean, they technically arrested him, right? So of a congressional proceeding. Um, obstruction of justice in the Mar-a-Lago documents, um, any of these January 6th or Mar-a-Lago related potential charges, what, if any, when they are, are brought could actually force Trump to be brought and into custody and held. Um, brought into custody, I think these a lot of these federal charges, specifically, he could be brought temporarily into custody. I mean, potentially, you know, when the Manhattan District Attorney, um, when the when the grand jury voted to criminally indict, I mean, technically they could have I mean, they technically arrested him, right? So that was a temporary period where he was in custody, he wasn't thrown in a jail cell. But frankly, I doubt that any of the crimes, um, there will be an obligation that, like, he's held without bail. Um, now, the Manhattan would not the feds, or if you're being charged with a RICO or racketeering, like, I think is what the Fulton County charge is ultimately going to be, 
those would be things that you'd have to post bail for. And ultimately, I think for all of them, Donald Trump would negotiate, you know, what that number would be. And I think ultimately he would he would have to post uh, not an insignificant number. But there's um, no but charge that would be a would would not re, would supersede bail that would require him to be held without bail. I mean, I'll, I'll put an asterisk on it in the sense that I am not um, an, an expert on Fulton County. The criminal procedure and and come on, and, Bonnie Willis. <laughs> and like I'm not like deeply, you know, in terms of like what their what their bail requirements are, but I could say as a general matter, I believe that both for um, Jack Smith and for Fulton County, what Trump would argue, and the both for um, Jack Smith and for Fulton County, what Trump would argue and the judges would accept is that. Given that he's a high-profile person, given the security that exists at Mar-a-Lago, given that his movement is monitored, that um, you know that that as long as he posts, there probably won't be an insignificant. Trump. On a bail, that he'll be able to be you know released pending his trial date. But the reality is, if you look at other January 6th, Insurrection. It's been on a case by case basis. There have been a number of insurrectionists who have been on house arrest. There's been a number of insurrectionists who have conditions placed on their travel. But I could envision something with the DOJ there being restrictions on him traveling outside of Mar a Lago, restrictions traveling to foreign countries. Um, so I can imagine restrictions being imposed like that, but I don't believe any of the crimes that he'll be charged with would have him in jail <laughs> while, you know, both for um, Jack Smith and for Fulton County, what Trump would argue and the judge, it's not a case-by-case -case basis. There have been a number of insurrectionists who have been on house arrest. There's been a number of insurrectionists who have conditions placed on their travel. But I could envision something with the DOJ, there being restrictions on him traveling outside of Mar-a-Lago, restrictions traveling to foreign countries. Um, so I could imagine restrictions being imposed like that, but I don't believe any of the crimes that he'll be charged with would have him in jail while, you know, before he actually goes before a jury. Yeah, I think a lot of the country would just looks at this. I mean, it just feels so inequitable still because, you know, there's so many people in jails and prisons across our country for so, so much less minor offenses than Trump has been accused of and maybe charged uh, or Trump's being investigated for and maybe charged with. Um, yeah. Yeah, but think about it like this, though. Think about it like this, um, That as long as he posts, there probably won't be an insignificant amount of bail that he'll be able to be, you know, released pending his trial date. But the reality is, if you look at other January 6th insurrectionists, it's been on a case-by-case -case basis. There have been a number of insurrectionists who have been on house arrest. There have been a number of insurrectionists who have conditions placed on their travel. But I could envision something with the DOJ, there being restrictions on him traveling outside of Mar-a-Lago, restrictions traveling to foreign countries. 
Um, so I can imagine restrictions being imposed like that, but I don't believe any of the crimes that he'll be charged with would have him in jail while, you know, before he actually goes before a jury. Yeah, I think a lot of the country that just looks at this, I mean, it just feels so inequitable scaled. Manhattan District Attorney's charges, the very nature of the class of those felonies was such that anybody who would be charged with that would not be um, held in, in, in general. It's a no-bail crime. So he wasn't being treated differently than anybody else with the sure. same felony class. Now, if you're being charged with espionage or obstruction of justice by the feds, or if you're being charged with a RICO or racketeering... RICO like, racketeering influence, corrupt organization, in that case. Those would be things that you have to post bail for. And ultimately, I think for all of them, Donald Trump would negotiate, you know, what that number would be. And I think ultimately he would, he would have to post to not an insignificant number. But there's um, no but charge that would be a, would, would not, re, would supersede bail, that would require him to be held without bail. I mean, I, I, I'll put an asterisk on it in the sense that I am not um, an, an expert on Fulton County the criminal procedure and, and come on, and, Bonnie Willis. <laughs> like I'm not like deeply, you know, in terms of like what their what their bail requirements are, but I could say as a general matter, I believe that both for um, Jack Smith and for Fulton County, what Trump would argue and the judges would accept is that given that he's a high-profile person, given the security that exists at Mar-a-Lago, given that his movement is monitored. That um, you know that that as long as he posts, there probably won't be an insignificant amount of bail that he'll be able to be you know re released pending his trial date. But the reality is, if you look at other January 6 insurrectionists, it's been on a case by case basis. There have been a number of insurrectionists who have been under house arrest. There's been a number of insurrectionists who have conditions placed on their travel. But I could envision something with the DOJ there being restrictions on him traveling outside of Mar-a-Lago, restrictions traveling to foreign countries. Um, so I can imagine restrictions being imposed like that, but I don't believe any of the crimes that he'll be charged with would have him in jail while, you know, before he actually goes before a jury. Yeah, I think a lot of the country that just looks at this, I mean, it just feels so inequitable still because, you know, there's so many people in jails and prisons across our country for so so much less minor offenses than Trump has been accused of and maybe charged uh, or some I personally think you're too nice a person to be in the job um, that you're in because I think you're yeah, handicapped I'll say I'll say this like the New York Attorney General case yeah. against Trump and that's a civil case it's not a criminal case has moved faster than any civil case I've ever seen in New York, and I think that most New York practitioners will tell you. The fact that the fact that, that Letitia James filed that case in September of 2022, and you have an October of 2023 trial date, where Donald Trump's being sued for um, at least $250 million, those are the children that could shut down the Trump organization from doing business, that case has moved faster than any civil case. I've ever seen um, in, in New York. 
I think things are moving quickly now on the various on the various other cases. Like you mentioned, Jessica, at the beginning of this. So like the case that you brought was from 2017. 2017, yeah. We're in 2023. Like, yeah. that's, I'm sure you would have wanted to go to trial if you could have in 2018 and not have it last until... It's a combination of, in my case, it's a combination of incessant delay tactics from the Trump campaign, including, you know, massive retaliatory actions, you know, illegal NDA enforcement, a $1.5 million arbitration demand, illegal, you know, $50,000 judgment that I had to overturn. I mean, massive, massive dumbs in the works and trying to move venues, all sorts of delay tactics on top of a fairly low, uh, I think anybody who's familiar with state court in New York would agree with me, um, just court system, generally speaking. But uh, FYI, that is that 2017 case, we're filing a note of issue, we are wrapping up our final depositions, filing a note of issue on May 31st of this year, and then our case We'll get in line for trial in the US Supreme Court. No, that's, that, that, that's, that's great. And everyone needs to remember what's lining up right now. Like, listen, yeah. that Donald Trump was just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies, the fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Office, right? Felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Was just charged on that time as well. Was just charged with 30 plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies, the fraudulent financial valuations, which are subject to the New York Attorney General civil case, which is set to go to trial October 2nd of. Trump's charge, you've got the New York AG trial, you've got the E. Jean Carroll trial, you've got Fawny Willis in Fulton County who's going to indict him between July 11th and September 1st, and I believe very serious RICO racketeering charges. Then you have Special Counsel Jack Smith, who I think is going to criminally indict during a very similar time frame there. And so that's just some of the cases that Donald Trump's going to um, you know, you know, have, have to deal with. By the way, I think around this time next week, we may have a verdict in the yeah. E.G. Carroll trial. So we'll keep people like, we'll be on verdict watch around that time. Right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still investigating other felonies the, from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. 30-plus felonies from the Trump was just charged with 30-plus felonies from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, right? And the Manhattan District Attorney is still subject to the New York Attorney General civil case, which is set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. So Trump's charge, you've got the New York AG trial, you've got the E. Jean Carroll trial,
Fawny Willis in Fulton County who's going to indict him between July 11th and September 1st and I believe very serious RICO and racketeering charges. Then you have Special Counsel Jack Smith who I think is going to criminally indict during a very similar time frame there. And so that's just some of the cases that Donald Trump's going to um, you know, you know, have, have to deal with. By the way, I think around this time next week we may have a verdict in the yeah. E.G. Carroll trial. So we'll keep right. people like, we'll be on verdict watch around yeah. that time as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of, uh, let's see, moving from legal to political, and we started off with just the resilience of E.G. Carroll. Okay, let's see what's age. going on. We have just the most ugly, ugly, hateful, hateful mm -hmm. suggestions mm -hmm. coming out. <sighs> okay. Trump trial disaster and GOP chaos unleashed on America. Oh, fuck. That's what's coming. That's what we're waiting for. One hour ago, Trump hit with devastating closing argument in federal trial. Great. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. E. Jean Carroll's lawyers gave a powerful closing argument in the federal trial where Donald Trump was too big of a coward. To show up, and in the closing argument, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers, Roberta Kaplan and Michael Ferreira, repeatedly pointed out that Donald Trump was too big of a coward to look you in the face, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, and say he did not do it because he did do it, and you must hold him liable. In fact, Roberta Kaplan stated that for you to believe Donald Trump in this case, you would have to believe somebody who has lied about every single thing his entire life is now the only person who is telling the truth here but didn't bother to even show up to even speak with the jury about what happened. I want to go over what took place during this powerful closing argument by E. Jean Carroll's lawyers, and I want to give a special hat tip to Adam Klaspelt, who has been in the court. He's a reporter every single day, taking diligent notes and having very detailed Twitter threads of what has been going down, an incredible reporter, Adam Klasfeld, and I just want to give a shout out to him. So let's talk about what went down in the E.G. federal trial closing argument. Roberta Kaplan, E.G. Carroll's lawyer, told the jury, you saw for yourself E.G. Carroll wasn't hiding anything. And her testimony was credible, consistent, and powerful. Roberta Kaplan then showed the jury the clip of Donald Trump's deposition where he mixed up E. Jean Carroll with his second wife, Marla Maples. And for those who haven't seen it, this is a this is the videotape the jury got to see. Play the clip. I think so, yes. And do you recall when you first saw this photo? At some point during the process, I saw it's, uh, I guess her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor 
very beastly, nice guy. I thought, I mean, I don't know, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. Um, I don't even know who the woman, let's say, I don't know who, it's Marla. Marla's in the photo? That's my, that's, that's my wife. Which one are you putting Here. Okay, I'll this way so we can take care of. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The woman on the right is still done lying I don't know, this was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Kraft? Is that Kraft? It's very blurry. Now, in your June 21... After showing this video to the... I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Kraft? It is very blurry. Now, in your June... This was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that... I don't know. This was the picture. I... I don't know. This was the picture. The woman on the right is still done I don't know. This was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that... And the person, the woman on the right, is you know, I don't know. This was the picture. I assume that. And the person, the woman on the right, is you know, that. Oh, I said, who's that? Who's that? Who's It's illusion. Really, here I'm an intrusion. I'm not. Don't need gravity. It just need growth. Um. Now, in your June 21, after showing this video to the jury, it was very blurry. Now, in your June 21, after showing this video to the, it was very blurry. Now, in your June 21. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Kraft? It was very blurry. Now, in your June... I don't know. This was the picture. Is your son I don't know. This was... And the person, the woman on the right... Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's And the person, the woman on the right... Who's that? Who's that? And the person, the woman on the right... And the person, the woman on the right, who's this way to the house? And the person, the woman on the right, who's this way to the house? And the person, the woman on the right, who's this way to the house? And the person, the woman on the right, who's this way to the house? And the person, the woman on the right. Please explain to me who's that? Who's that? Who's that? And the person, the woman on the right.
confused your rape victim with your wife. You just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. You just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. You just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. You just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. You just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. And the person here, you just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. And the person here, you just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. And the person here, you just confused your rape victim with your wife. Trump is so sad. Nah, nah. Follow for updates. Party, party, party. Okay. There we go. You guys still there? Uploading. It's uploading. Okay. Hi there. KAMP student radio at the University of Aristona. Is that 
a person to be in the job that you're in because I think you're handicapped it may be great on sandwiches but there's a better way to break your bad habits we're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board we're talking about our sponsor Fume and they look at the problem in a different way now not everything in a bad habit is wrong so instead of drastic uncomfortable change why not just really here I'm Trump is just saying none of it happened at all. So you'll have to believe every single person 
is lying here, other than Donald Trump, who's lied repeatedly already in this case, and who hasn't even shown up. But one of the interesting pieces of evidence that E. Jean Carroll's lawyers then showed the jury again was this interview from the mid-1990s on a show that Donald Trump was being interviewed by Roger Ailes, who's now deceased, who went on to basically found and lead the Fox uh, network. Um, but Trump is being interviewed on this failed platform of Roger Ailes that no longer exists called America's Talking. Um, and E. Jean Carroll was on the same network in the same building, and Donald Trump would have seen E. Jean Carroll. Let me show you again this other exhibit that the jury saw, which is Donald Trump's interview with Roger Ailes, which was on at the basically like right after or right before E. Jean Carroll show. Play the clip. We know he loves the deal, real estate, gambling, casinos, whatever. But his theme song could very well be, I love a parade. He was Grand Marshal for the New York Military Academy Parade, marched in the Vietnam Parade. This weekend, he'll be Grand Marshal of the largest parade ever to be held in the United States. The nation's parade on Veterans Day, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the end of World War II. Grand Marshal, Donald Trump. Oh, well, how are you? Oh, great to see you. It's been a little while. Yeah, well, we, we sometimes catch a fight back. Uh, right. I, I saw you with your daughter one night on a fight back before. That's right. A, a little while ago, and, and you were saying that you were thinking about doing this crazy CNBC Yeah, I wasn't thing. sure if I was going to do CNBC. Right. I asked you, you advised me, and here we are. I said do it. Anything you do turns out, and boy, did this turn out. <laughs> yeah, great. it worked out well. Really a great job. Tell me about being Grand Marshal of a parade. How do you get to do that? Well, it's, a, it's, it's really, for me, a great honor. I was approached by Mayor Giuliani and Tom Fox and a lot of the folks, and we're going to have, I guess, the biggest parade in the history of New York City, and I think that means the history of the country, and it's going to be on Saturday at 11 o'clock right up Fifth Avenue. E. Jean Carroll, um, as Roberta Kaplan said, there is no right way to react, and Joe Takapina wants to convince you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, that there is the right way to be a victim. And that is utterly disgusting, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And we had an we expert who testified, who explained that somebody screaming like that is actually one of the least of likely things to occur, which Takapina claims that's what had to have happened. And E. Jean Carroll went over the experts and the psychological expert in this case who believed E. Jean Carroll. And uh, she goes on to say in her closing, you know, all of the other witnesses who testified, E. Jean Carroll's friends, you know, and there were two people who have kind of contemporaneous memories of their conversation with E. Jean Carroll. They had messages even before E. Jean Carroll even brought the lawsuit. And people who at the time, E. Jean Carroll spoke to decades ago who testified, and also other individuals, other women who Donald Trump uh, also engaged in the same heinous and despicable conduct uh, to. And as Roberta Kaplan said in her closing, she goes, that's Donald Trump's M.O. If you look at all of these other instances, they're in semi-public spaces. He grabs them all by the P, or he grabs them all and gropes them, which he brags about doing. He said, by the way, none of the other women screamed. None of the other women did that. So for you to believe Donald Trump, you're going to have to conclude that Donald Trump 
the non-stop liar is the only person telling the truth. And then Joe Takapina spoke, and Takapina's like, facts are stubborn things, he said. He <laughs> said, E. Jean Carroll is not worthy of your belief. And Takapina claims that E. Jean what? Carroll and all of the other women who testified and E. Jean Carroll's friends and everybody, this is Takapina's word, they all colluded to make up false accusations against Donald Trump. And Takapina said, one thing in this country that cannot be compromised, that cannot be bent, is the justice system. It's our defense against all tyranny as he represents the wannabe authoritarianism, authoritarian himself, rather. Young and then finally, you had the rebuttal uh, closing argument by Michael Ferreira, one of E. Jean Carroll's other lawyers, who said that, uh, you know, Takapina, you know, maybe he, yeah, he could, could be a, a good lawyer. Young Democrats. Um, but evidence is what matters. Evidence matters. And Takapina's rhetoric demonstrates a lack of respect of the legal system when his own client did not have enough respect to come into the court. He never looked you in the eye, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, denying the accusations in this case. This is a court of law where evidence matters. The case is with the jury but a powerful closing argument by E.G. Carroll's lawyers. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers thanks to your incredible support. Hit subscribe. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. All right. Hit subscribe on our YouTube channel now. It is free. Thank you. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Feel good. Do, 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 do. We've been down with the Russian now and the what's up. Democratic Alliance. Okay. Um, Devastating closure. He only corrected himself when his own lawyer, Alina Haba, corrected him. That is the only time. And then what did Trump do? He made up an excuse. He did. He did what he always does. Roberta Kaplan said to the jury. He said, oh, the reason that I said that I thought that was Marla Maples is because the photo was blurry. Again, Donald Trump continuing to lie over and over again. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, he lied right there when he said that the reason he said that was Marla Maples, who is his quote-unquote type, 
um, is because the photo was blurry. It's not a blurry photo. It's just more Donald Trump lying. Roberta Kaplan then went on to say, you know what he did to E. Jean Carroll? He did what he bragged about on those Access Hollywood tapes. And you saw in the deposition when he was confronted with the Access Hollywood tapes. And Donald Trump said, well, fortunately or unfortunately, people who are famous, yeah, they, they do get to do that. And, and E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, told the jury he grabbed her using his words by the P word, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury. And then she showed him the clip where, where she showed the jury the clip where Donald Trump said that's just what he does. If you haven't seen it, this is the portion of Donald Trump's deposition where he responds to the Access Hollywood tape where he states that as a famous person that he can just grab women by their genitals. Play the clip. And you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what it's. If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately, or fortunately. Then E.G. Carroll told the jury Donald Trump did not even Donald Trump did not Then E.G. Carroll Unfortunately or fortunately Then E.G. Carroll told the jury But largely true Unfortunately or fortunately Then E.G. Carroll told But largely true Unfortunately or fortunately? Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately? Then E.G.
largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then he said, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely mm -hmm. true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then he said, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then he said, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Unfortunately, then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by pussy. Hey, hey, you just Largely confused true. your Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Fortunately for him, stars can still grab women by the pussy. Unfortunately or fortunately. Fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Fortunately for him. You can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately uh. or fortunately. Then he fortunately or him, unfortunately. You can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then he fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then he fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. Largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. Then again, fortunately for him, you can still grab him by the pussy. 